0: you hear the trippy music you know what time it is it's 2 o'clock mutinyradio.fm and it's time to talk about smarty pants things on some call me Tim every week I try to time it <laughs> and I always mess up I have a special guest today Jack Ferguson with me hi hello. Uh, comedian Jack Ferguson uh young man on the scene.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: I guess so.
0: Yeah, there you are. Uh, so welcome to Some Call Me Tim, where we talk about smarty pants things, God, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I always have you look deep into the eyes of Sparkle Jesus.
2: <laughs> that's that's a very welcoming Jesus. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I ask, do you believe in Jesus?
2: Um, I well, Do I believe in him as a person or that he was God? Whatever. Well, he definitely was a real person, I think. There's a lot of... I think there's historical evidence that he existed and i to be honest with you i also believe that he was that he was god um you do yeah i do i mean i'm not like an actively religious person and i i used to be super religious um i used to go to church every
0: did you sing in the choir
2: no, my, my church didn't really have a choir. It was more of like a progressive, like one of those newer churches where they play like a, like a play song and Aww. change the words, you know, <laughs> Did you, So
0: you went to youth group.
2: Uh, yeah, well that was the way like my actual church was too. Like they would, in, for the adults. Yeah. We're a little loosey goosey. Um, but I was super, super religious until I was 18. I was like, what I happened? was waiting until marriage to have sex. And I, <gasps> I actually, was too. I waited yeah. till marriage
0: to have sex. That's amazing.
2: Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> but yeah, I, I actually didn't even, and for a young man to say this, is rare. I think I would like try very hard not to masturbate. <gasps> I would go like, pe- like almost like three or four months and like going three or four months as a, like a 15 year old and not masturbating is like a pressure cooker heating up for three or four months, you but know,
0: purposely for Jesus. You were like, I'm yeah, not going to touch my dick. I thought for it God.
2: was, yeah, okay. I thought it was a religious thing. Wow. And, uh, and, I it, I think honestly that was the reason I was good at football. <laughs>
1: because you were so
0: pent up. Cuz
2: I was so I had so much energy that I needed to release.
0: Cuz you had to hit and, someone uh, cuz you wanted yeah. to fuck them or hit them. And
2: exactly. So well, it's go. almost the same thing.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs>
2: but you the reason I born. sort of the reason I stopped going to church is because I met a girl and I was like, "Well, I'm going to fuck this girl." <laughs> and
0: And so and then, you didn't want God to see you.
2: No, it wasn't that. I was just like, you know what? I I just decided not to be um, like super duper on the Jesus train anymore because I was like, you know what? Even the way Christianity is, like, I know I can be 35 and just sort of start going again, and it'll be all right.
0: <laughs> well, and that's that's true because everything's forgiven because all of your he already knew about that sin before you even did it. If you yeah, exactly. Them, like, the texts that exactly you, if you already had the thought, then. You already sinned in your heart, so might as well do it.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Allegedly, I mean, like the funny thing was, I was pretty much down with everything except for the sex thing. Like I was like, the, I could, you know, I could rock with. Like I was against gay marriage. Like, wow. As a like a kid growing up, abortion?
0: In, Were you against abortion? Yeah, hundred percent. Oh wow. Yeah
2: and like a kid growing up in the peninsula with those ideas it was crazy dude it was uh I was like basically would have like because you always debate those topics in school sure like when you're coming up and like it would literally be the entire class versus me and I kind of liked that because I'm a contrarian so I would like
0: like, gay marriage sucks
2: yeah I wrote an essay (gasps) Like a super thought-out essay about why gay marriage shouldn't be a thing. And my teacher gave me a D.
0: Wow. (laughs) You were drinking the Kool-Aid.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I drank the Kool-Aid as
0: well, but my break wasn't... Yours doesn't seem as existential. It was like, well, I want to have sex. So that was the only reason. You didn't see any like hypocrisy in the church, and that was why you left it. Or you didn't see any like fallacies in the...
2: You know, I always saw hypocrisies in the church, but I never, for me, it was never really about the church. It was more of like the like the church was a cool like social group, mm. but I always my way of thought was that like the church is like a human thing. You know, it's not a perfect organization. It's going to have hypocrisies like anything else that humans do, and of course it did. You know, um, and so that ne- that never bothered me as much. It was more of just like I had this idea of God uh, that. But what were, you what have a the, personal
0: relationship with Christ. Is that the whole thing? Is that you like talked, you know, like
2: I would say it, I still do. Yeah. still do. You still yeah. do. Yeah, I mean, like I don't. It's it's not as active. I used to pray every night and read the Bible every night, but um, I still like if I'm still if I get into a difficult situation. I'll still ask God for strength.
0: Do you imagine him in this 33-year-old form coming up and, like, talking to you? Or how do you imagine your talks with Jesus? Well,
2: what's funny is, because I'm bipolar, uh, when I had a manic episode, I was having, like, a two-month-long active conversation with God where he would, like, respond back to me. And also the devil (laughs) at the same time. And I think that was part of just, like, the way that, I don't actually think I was talking to God. It was Um, you. Yeah, it was like, it was my, but it was the way that my emotion, like, it was the only thing, because I didn't know I was having a manic episode, so it was the only thing that, um, that could explain what was going on, you know what I mean? When you have this incredibly heightened state Hmm. continually, day after day, the only explanation is that, like, some sort of holy, powerful presence is inhabiting you, And,
0: And But you don't think it was? Like maybe a manic state is God. Isn't that something that they used to expect priests and men of God to do is to get into these states where they talk to God. Like was Moses in a manic state? Is that why he imagined a burning bush? Was the bush truly on fire? Was God talking to him through the bush? Was he having a manic episode where he thought a bush was on fire and he was trying to save the people?
2: Well, (laughs) I I think that uh, that's honestly something. I think that a lot of like prophets and religious figures in the past we're probably having some sort of uh some sort of mental health episode
0: psychic breakdown but
2: like the funny thing is so if you if you are a person with like mental health issues like schizophrenia bipolar disorder borderline you know any of them yeah where do you think like the best country in the world for treatment would be or like the best like few,
0: I would say Africa because you're too worried about drinking water and feeding yourself and you don't have time to be like I'm manic I'm, well, I'm depressive I feel mental health I think we only have like these mental health issues because we have so much extra time to actually have them well in other countries where you're trying to survive there's no fucking bipolar disorder
2: that's not entirely true, but the like in Af- like you are right the best place to be would be a third world country because there, when you have a manic episode, you're not treated as an outsider, you're treated as, like, a shaman. Ah. And so they actually take, like, the things that you do seriously, you know? And so you're not an outcast, which is what you would be in a first world country, despite sure. the fact that we have all these, like, mood stabilizers and things like that.
1: Amazing. And
2: uh, yeah, yeah. And it's, like, um, it's interesting, because I think, I really do think that, like, these, like... Yeah, the mental illness aspect, it feels religious when it's happening to you. It feels like something's going on.
0: Absolutely. I I honestly, as a child talk to Jesus all the time. And I envisioned him as, and it's weird because I have these visions of me being like seven and laying in bed and like Jesus sitting on the bed with me. And everyone was yeah. okay with me talking to a 33, 33 year old guy and him hanging out with me on yeah. my bed at night and me telling him all my problems. And in high school, like totally talking to Jesus all the time. And no one had a problem with that whatsoever. They were like, it was like, Applauded, like, oh, you really have a great relationship with Jesus Christ. Not like that's a creepy, weird thing, like to have an invisible. Do you think friend. that's creepy,
2: though? I don't think that's creepy.
0: Like, because it's we not all... like
2: there's actually a thirty-three-year-old man sitting on the bed, like no, you're just sharing. It's, your...
0: But isn't but there is because thought is real. Like if you go back to Socrates yeah. and the only thing that's real is thought, and thought exists, and therefore it's real. If I have those thoughts, those thoughts are real. Therefore, I'm envisioning. Is that okay? Are we saying, yeah, it's okay to be really close friends with certain 33-year-old men who sit on your bed at yeah. night and tell you everything's going to be okay? Like, what does that mean? That well,
2: we- that was that was Descartes. And Socrates would have said, like, you know, he would have questioned even that. But, like, there's... I think that... I don't think that there's, like... <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with... I mean, here's the thing. I don't... Uh, I'm not super religious anymore. But I do get angry at there's so many people in the Bay area who will be like, Oh yeah, like Jesus is ridiculous, but like, I'm an Aquarius. And like, Uh, (laughs) you know, it's like you choose. And also like people don't, and they're even beyond that. There's so many like tech types who are like just purely like thought and reason and science. And those are the only things. And I don't think they realize how little we actually know about the universe and the way it works and how like, Like if you were just going to purely go on science alone, you can't walk out your door in the morning. Like you don't, we don't know why gravity works. Like (laughs) that's that's the main thing that's going on in this earth. We have no idea why we're stuck to the ground.
0: Like (laughs) Magnets, how the fuck do they work? Exactly. I'm really (laughs) impressed that you just threw out a Descartes reference. Like...
2: Oh, well, yeah, because that's you why I, I had to read it when I was going to, going to school because he was the main religious philosopher. He's the, re- like, I think Concerning therefore I am things
0: that can be doubted.
2: <laughs> well, I think therefore I am is part of a three part thing that eventually proves the existence of God. And it's just, like, it's, it doesn't work because of the circularity. There's a circularity thing that disproves it, but it's like for a very long time, people used that. I think therefore I am to justify their belief in, you know, religion, right?
0: because the thought is real and well so I, I my my master's thesis in um in poetry was called concerning things that can be doubted and I flarfed Descartes so it's all Descartes texts that I redact and turn into poems and yeah. I sound really really smart but it's because I was just redacting the text I'm doing it right now with Marx too <laughs> yeah, I'm writing yeah. Marxist poems oh, well, cool. yeah you know trying to be it's like found creative.
2: poetry almost
0: yeah it's um it's a blend of sort of Burroughs cut ups and, and, yeah, and the, Naked Lunch. the French. Kino um, wrote this book of forms. And um, it's, anyways, it's like postmodernist. Is that the poetry. same Kino
2: of Kino Lorber, like the film company? No, no. Oh, okay. He
0: was, that's his last name. He has a different, fr- anyways, it's, it's exercises and style he wrote. And he's a French guy. And, oh, okay. anyways. So, where did you go to school?
2: I went to Menlo. No, no, no. The, College. Oh, uh, Tufts University.
0: Where is that?
2: Yeah, that's it. it is. No, no. It's like a small liberal arts school on the East Coast.
1: Is it
0: People Ivy? People there
2: League? know it. It's Ivy. No, League, no, isn't it's it? not. It's no, okay. one of the NESCACs, which is like the little Ivies. Oh, okay. cool. Um, but, you know, that's just something we call ourselves. It's not the.
0: <laughs> it's and like the. You did a four you know, year in what?
2: Film. Film production.
0: Film production.
2: Yeah, it took me longer than four years. At though. an art school. Uh, no, it was, uh, it's a university.
1: Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. And do you feel like you met the right people and made the right connections that everything's working out for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm working in film right now. I'm a video editor. Um, so I'm making money from it, which is nice. It's a more technical degree than people think because you have to learn how to use the software mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, how to manipulate a camera, how to set up lights and things like that. And so I, like, I'm happy that I got that degree. I don't, I'm not one of those people who, like, got to. You know, a useless a degree. Use, yeah, yeah, I don't think of it that way. But I also think that my time would have been better spent uh, not going to college and just making films ah. instead,
0: and just figuring it out without the classroom setting.
2: Yeah, because that's mostly what I did anyways. Mm. So like I'm when in college. The main thing, the main thing that college gave me, or the main two things were like uh, equipment, and then uh, other people who could I, like help make Connections. films. Yeah. yeah. But all of those people live on the East Coast now. So.
0: I, I, would, I would argue that church gives you the same thing. It can give you the people, the community, the connections, and it can give you the equipment.
2: Yeah. For equipment for what? Like,
0: like, um, like, life, like, um, like life skills equipment. Like
2: oh, yeah, absolutely. Sort
0: of right from wrong and and. And external morality and because I used to think that humans were intrinsically good Mm -hmm. and that when we were born, it was the world that made us bad and society changed us, that it was truly nurture and that our nature is clean and good. And I used to believe that. And now I believe that. I don't believe that at all. I think that people are born bad and terrible and little babies will lie and take things from other babies and hit other babies. And are they learning that from watching other people hit? No, it's, they want it. And they're self we're selfish little assholes. And it's the external nurture, the morality, external morality that makes us good or better. It's the fear. It's the external fear that religion imposes that makes us not fuck with everybody.
2: Yeah, well, what's interesting is is bait, <laughs> like like you said, babies steal stuff, but they also, even before they can talk, have an inherent understanding of good and evil. Like there was this study that was shown. That uh, they had like this puppet show for kids, and one of the puppets was like a mean puppet, and he would like hit the other puppet and steal things. And the other puppy puppet was like, uh, like not. They tried not to make a differentiation between their personalities, mm. but just like their actions alone. What Were they, they colored did.
0: the same? Was one red and one green, or they,
2: one I th- I'm sure they controlled it okay. by change. I don't remember the specific details, but th- anyways, the point of the study was: is it pretty definitively showed that the babies could differentiate between the puppy or the puppet that did something bad and the puppet that did something good and chose the good puppet oh, most of the time. That's yeah. Nice. Isn't it? And it makes sense too, right? Cause as humans, as a social creature. We'd have to be able to do that from a very early age in order to form friendships. You want to be friends with the good person, you know?
0: Right. Well, and that's the thing. Do we, are, are all of our choices made just so that we can keep the community that we've Established? Do we not choose bad things because we know it'll affect other people? And is that why, like, I don't know. I think that polyamory exists because people don't want to uh, have to take consequence for hurting people's feelings when they. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to explain what I'm getting to, but we, we don't, I feel like. I don't make certain choices because I know it can hurt other people. And that has nothing to do with good or evil. That's self-preservation
2: because
0: you don't want to, if you know that a system exists, you kind of have to stay in the system.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean like, yeah, it's a question that is difficult to answer. Like if you could ever be truly altruistic and I suppose with religion, it's impossible because even if you do something good, that you know will never come back to you, will never help you, or anything like that. You know God saw it. And so you're like, oh, maybe, like you could potentially be doing it just because you want Jesus points or whatever. Right. Which isn't a horrible reason,
1: but.
0: Uh, It's not, I mean, as long as the choice, but then you get into the problem of sometimes, I have, in the past too, i fervently thought that my choices were good. And then later, looking at them, I'm like, ooh, that wasn't... For example, when I was in high school, I was adamantly against abortion because I was wicked super Christian. And I was yeah. like, babies are real, abortions are bad. And now I'm like, this is a human rights issue, and I can't believe that I was brainwashed into having a lack of human rights for other people. But it came from my own piousness of being like, I'm not going to have sex, so I don't have to worry about having an abortion, like those right. dirty sluts. You know, so... Yeah
2: you can definitely become if you're if you're christian you can become uh like haughty, you know, like sort of think you're better than people. But like the point, the, like the thing is, is though like that is not, people blame that on religion, but that is not the message of the Christian religion, right? Like Jesus was essentially a homeless person. That's true. You know, yeah. he went into the Jewish temple and like th- destroyed the, ch- the church at the time. When he was 13.
0: And, and that's why we need to hug a junior high boy. <laughs> that was, true, that was yeah. his school shooting incident. I
2: feel, but I feel like people like 13 then is like 25 now, you know, like 13, 13-year-olds then had, like, a family and, like, a job, you know?
0: But Jesus it's, was the first school shooter. He went in and he threw, no, he, he threw I up reject the tables. That. He said He said, these tables are for fuck all. I don't believe in all this money and all this stuff. I'm I'm <laughs> negating your culture. I'm saying it's wrong. He just, you know, that was probably a big, huge thing at the time, going in and flipping yeah, over yeah.
2: everybody's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, I think, morally, uh, like, diametrically opposed to a school shooting.
0: <laughs> like, I, see, no, he, I disagree. Okay, he wasn't killing people, but he was killing their business. And some people might take even more offense to that. Uh,
2: because I'd their like to meet those people, but like there, yeah, I no, think murder the, is different. You're right. He wasn't, murder and it different. wasn't, it, it the point was that the church was a holy place and that businesses shouldn't be there. Right. It's like, right. you shouldn't have, so it, it's actually a very good, like for instance, um, one thing that I think about is if I were to like create content online, and put it on YouTube. YouTube would be advertising mm-hmm. over my content. Mm-hmm. And so the, like I wouldn't be able to control what what companies the things that I would be making would be supporting. Right. And so that's it's like a similar thing, right? It's like if you're going to pervert and obviously I don't think of like comedy as like as holy as religion, but it's on a smaller scale. If you're going to pervert the art that I'm creating, then it diminishes the meaning of the art inherently. Sure. So if you pervert God, it diminishes his holiness.
0: It's an integrity thing.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. That's why I, I choose all of our sponsors at mutiny radio, lot tigers. <laughs>
2: right. Nice. Yeah.
0: Protecting, protecting motorcycle riders. Um, But do you, so will you, would you sell out or do you consider it buying in? Would you, I mean, let's say you, let's say some big court, let's say Pepsi said, hey, I want to give you $100,000 to make a film. Would you be like, hell yeah. Or would you be like, "Mm, Um, no, I don't agree with this and that.
2: What are the, what are their requirements? Can I make whatever film I want?
0: Um, it has to be because Pepsi is doing it. It has to be family friendly. Uh, And you have to have enough product placement of it in a happy, not in a, not saying that it's gross.
2: Honestly, I'd probably still do that. Do it. Okay. Good. (laughs) $100,000 is a lot of money. I mean, like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to always do that, but if I get the opportunity to make a, I mean, to be honest, $100,000 probably isn't enough to make a full feature length movie, but
0: how much would, I mean, could you do it for 50,000? Could you do a movie? Could you yeah, a, absolutely. You could.
2: I mean, I think I could do a movie for $20,000, but it's Damn. just like the, the amount of money that you spend is directly proportional to how good it'll be.
0: Have you heard about the 48 hour film festival?
2: I've heard about a lot of those. I'm not as interested in that. I mean, it's a good exercise, but like you,
0: you have to stay up all night.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, that's not good for me because of my bipolar thing. Okay. And also you just like. I would rather make a film that I, like, put a lot of time and work into. That's what right. I've done. Like, I've created six short films already. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Where can
0: they be found?
2: Uh, they can't. Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, you can find one of them on YouTube, but I don't want to put them up because uh, some of them are pretty amateurish.
0: Well, you so. sound like what I've... I have, I have eight unpublished novels. <laughs> I just sit uh, there. Oh,
2: that's true. Yeah. I <laughs> like, mean... I
0: just let them, you know... Ugh. Do you
2: actually have 800 published novels? Yeah, You've written I eight do. books? Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, well, I have two published but I have eight unpublished books just wow, sitting there. Wow, congrats. That's hard Thank to do. Thank you. Yeah. I have one online, Jane Six. That's like the ninth. Uh-huh. They're just sitting there. But it's online, so whatever. I'm not making any money off it. Yeah, yeah. This was the thing I take I take umbrage with, the systematic, especially with the film industry. And I one of my favorite rants to go on is um, Sausage Party, the pile of dog shit that the rich people, like when you're already famous and they just give you money to make something terrible and it costs $19 million to make that awful, awful thing. And they could have given 19 young filmmakers or old filmmakers, any fucking filmmakers, a million dollars a piece, and they could have created amazing art. Like what if instead yeah. of that awful terrible thing and just the championship of mediocrity by all the stars and all the voices and it makes even the script it was so bad the tropes were bad Everything you really didn't bad. like that
2: movie huh yeah, was, well
0: I'm just angry I take umbrage to the concept that people that have already made it get to keep making it and they could someone could invest in art and they what if someone was like have a million dollars make a film
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the starvation mindset though. I don't think that the two have to be necessarily exclusive, right? Because this that movie Sausage Party made a bunch of money (laughs) for the studio, and so a lot of that money probably went towards independent films that it was made, right? So it's not like if you, I mean, that's the that's the strategy of most studios is they have these big independent or these big blockbuster movies that fund. All of the other smaller movies that they make. sure. And so, yeah, you could take issue with that. But it's actually not taking oxygen away from, from smaller movies. It's just, uh, just corrupting the minds of its viewers. (laughs) So
0: do you write scripts?
2: Yeah, I have two. Do the whole
0: thing. Nuts to, nuts to bolts, fruit, whatever the saying is. You do the whole thing.
2: Yeah, I have two feature scripts that I'm trying to sell to an agency, um, (laughs) <laughs> hit me out
1: <laughs>
2: industry people uh, but I think um, I think I have one there's a short film that I'm gonna make uh, hopefully in the next three months that uh, that I like that I'm excited about and I think previously in the past I had tried to go too big with some of my short films like the last one I made was 20 minutes long mm. and that's just so much to do on like a shoestring budget
0: and it wasn't and a documentary it was a fictional
2: piece no it was like yeah it was, it was like a, a narrative short and uh it's also a lot to ask of a viewer is to watch a 20 minute thing that's like true. perhaps isn't the highest quality production right Well, but
0: Blair Witch Project was specifically made on being shitty quality, and that was like an hour and 20 minutes.
2: Yeah, that was good. I mean, there's a lot of movies that were, you know, Clerks is great. Uh, I'm trying to think of other, like, there's all the mumblecore stuff. Like, there's a lot of... uh
0: living in oblivion it was a movie yeah the day with steve buscemi and okay and um it was one of the first movies that peter dinklage was in okay he was playing a dwarf in a dream sequence and he's like why does it always have to be a dwarf and it's, <laughs> it's, it's a funny little thing it's yeah it's from the early 90s funny.
2: yeah i mean like there's lots of people a who can budget. make movies with a super super dinky budget and you just have to be a really really good filmmaker and also most likely have a lot of friends who believe in you and are going to help you and commit to the process and work for free.
0: Well, you have access to actors now. Well, you have access to a billion actors. Actors (laughs) Actors
2: are the easiest people to get because they're like comedians, right? Like comedians will do get on any stage for free. You know, and actors are the same. If they, can, if you tell them you can put them in a films for their reel, real, they'll do it. Gotcha. Um, you don't have to. Pay, I mean, I pay actors, but <laughs> you
0: should. everyone should pay comedians, Yeah, you too. Should, exactly. Please.
2: But you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> but, you
0: should, but you should, because then it becomes like, what is our, what is the worth and value of our art, and does art have value, and we. What And then what is art? Is art what is popularly acclaimed by a group and says, this is art. And those people make money.
2: Yeah, but I think then, that's what it is.
0: what's the point? Of, <laughs> that sucks. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Then it becomes like, do, is there integrity in your art? And do you make what you feel like you need to make and what you feel like you need to say? Or are you appealing to your audience all the time and trying to create something that you know will be economically viable? Or that... I yeah. Mean, and then you're twisting your own...
2: The whole paying artist thing is is interesting but I honestly feel like it's kind of besides the point, right? Cuz that ultimately if you're making art just to be paid, you're not really an artist. You're sort of I mean like you have to be paid, you have to survive, but most like of the many most of the greatest artists who ever lived were like also baristas, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> sure.
0: But back in the day-day, like there was patronage. So, you know, Rembrandt got Paid by the king to hang out and paint shit so
2: yeah some of them did there was some of them didn't though
0: that's true too I mean so and now you can go back
2: who's the oldest artists of all time there's like have you ever seen that documentary uh the cave of forgotten dreams
0: maybe I'm so old I can't remember do you know
2: who Werner Herzog is
0: yo yeah oh yeah. my god I love his accent
2: yeah he's I'm... amazing he's one of he's maybe my favorite favorite filmmaker him and like Paul Thomas sanders he did but...
0: the Grizzly movie which Grizzly man oh great oh movie Oh, God
2: such a beautiful movie Whew,
0: that uh, yeah. it's just what he does with sound at the end and it's crazy uh, it's crazy yeah. he's good at documentaries
2: but um the point that the thing that I was going to talk about and this might bring us back to God is uh, he made this movie about this cave in France it's called the Cave of Forgotten or the movie is called the Cave of Forgotten Dreams. And the cave is uh this thing that they discovered, it was like a cave that had rubble had like fallen down and blocked it like thirty thousand years ago. And then some hikers like found the cave and it was just this perfectly preserved uh cave painting. Like like the whole cave is filled with paintings from thirty thousand years ago. Whoa. And um in the cave, like one of the So this is the oldest living or the oldest surviving example of like art that we have, uh, for humans. And it's likely like back then there would have still been like woolly mammoths. There would have been like crazy, huge animals. It's like almost the ice age, I think. Wow! And so humans were like Neanderthals were still alive, um, I don't think humans were even really, like, talking to each other very much. I think that language was still sort of a, in its infancy. But in the cave, there are all these, like, beautiful, beautiful paintings of, like, bison and animals. And, like, they're structured in such a way that it seems to be, like, displaying some sort of circle of life. And there's uh, there's an altar. There's a, a rock like a column-like rock with this giant bear skull on the top of it. And it's very clear that it's meant to be. It was, like, placed there intentionally, and it was probably worshipped. And there's, like, this um, this other rock where this one human, like, dipped their hand in, like, some sort of red paint. Made blood? Made No, it was, uh, it was like, <laughs> maybe. It was uh, some sort of red paint, and he, like, covered the entire rock with his handprint. It was just, like, sort of a statement of, like, existence and I yeah exactly and the thing that Werner took from it was and I totally agree with this is that these are humans before they were humans like these are humans in their infancy like like probably like you know just huddled in caves and things like that and Even then, even then, they had the artistic impulse and they had the impulse to worship something. (laughs) And so those are two of the most basic impulses that humans have. Regardless of whether or not they're justified or they're meaningful, they're things that we're not going to get away from.
0: Well, maybe it's that worshiping something gives us meaning. Because why else? We have to explain our existence somehow.
2: I think the point that he was trying to make is that that whole train of logic where it's like we need meaning and so therefore we invent this God (laughs) is something that those people probably wouldn't have been able to do in terms of like, like reasoning it out. They wouldn't have been on that level. It's just like that he, it seemed to be more implicative of just this built in need to worship something. Wow. And so that's the way I think, you know, it is.
0: So, what would you say that, I mean, we're not supposed to, it's in the, it's God, our God is a jealous God and we're not supposed to worship any other God, but him and uh, no graven images. We know that. But what do you, what would you say you worship? I know a lot of people in the United States definitely worship money. Some people worship reality TV. Right. Um, some people worship, you know, comedy central or.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting question. What do you
0: have? What are things that you besides besides our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? What are things that you and I and I say it tongue in cheek only because I mean I still pray every, I still consider myself a. I, is anyways this we'll is get hard for you that to in admit, a second. isn't it? But it's, <laughs> but what, it's hard. It's like, <laughs> but what are what are things that you that you would say that you worship right now?
2: Uh, comedy is probably the number one thing. That's the thing I spend the most time thinking about and doing. Um,
0: so the things you think about the most, you consider that worship. So if you're spending time on it, it's considered worship.
2: Uh, I hold comedy in like the highest esteem in uh, my life, I suppose. Uh, and then I think that time and, and, and thought trickles down from that. Okay. Uh, music probably too. I mean, everyone loves music. That's not like a really popular.
0: I wouldn't, it wouldn't be a something I worship. I wouldn't be in my top anywhere.
2: <laughs> okay well what do you worship
0: Martha Stewart no um, <laughs> as, a, as an icon I would say Martha but um, I worship free speech okay. and myself <laughs> that's what I, I would say actually if the thing that you spend the most time thinking about is the thing that you worship I would say number one would be myself yeah <laughs> cuz i think about myself way 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 more
2: That might be kind of a loophole though like then, it's hard to think it's hard to think about anything without thinking about yourself.
0: Right. I mean so i guess maybe that one doesn't count. But what what i put my thought into is um it's a lot of comedy. Yeah. But not in the way like it's really hard for me to watch professionals comedy of people who've made it like on Netflix or done all that it's hard for me to it's it's hard for me to watch it and enjoy it because I'll watch it with such a critical eye and and it's and then also I feel like if I'm watching it 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 informs what I'm thinking about and then it changes my what comes out of me because I will say oh that got laughs or that's a topic that's getting attention and then suddenly without even thinking about it I'm dealing with that topic and I want to try to remain as unique as possible.
2: Yeah, no, I've heard other comedians say that too. What I think is like when I watch professional comedians for the most part, I like it less than I did before I started comedy, Mm -hmm. but the jokes that are really amazing, I appreciate more. So, um, and I think that's the way it is with film as well. Like before I started making movies and studying film, I could watch like a regular movie and, and really enjoy it. And I can still kind of do that.
0: Like what's but a regular movie?
2: Like, um, a-
0: a- a- X-Men Avengers, know, really Iron Man.
2: Some of those are really good. I mean like the,
0: <laughs> I no,
2: seen they are like the, I don't know. the Avengers end game I thought was really a fucking great movie. The second one the uh, infinity war or whatever, no end game. Sorry. End game was the one that I didn't think was as good. Infinity war I thought was, was really amazing. And I think also what that, company has done in terms of building a universe, Mm. even beyond like, uh, um, you know, storytelling or, or issues of like complexity aside, I think that building that universe is a pretty major achievement for filmmaking. It's never really been done before, except maybe like in in Westerns, I guess, but there's not continuous characters in those. I mean, I think maybe the only other comparison...
0: Game of Thrones.
2: <laughs> yeah, Game of Thrones is good, but the that's a TV world. show. It's easier to yeah. I don't know. I I can't actually can't think of a of a comparison with the...
0: I, I understand what you're getting at. And like Stephen King does it in his books where some of his books are a world. Yeah, they, they the all take place drugs. in the same... Right, well, all, all take, of
2: his books take place in the same world. They
0: all play, take place in Maine, but then he also has... <laughs> in Maine?
2: <but laughs> no, then, the Dark Tower series doesn't take place true. in Maine. Well, that's true,
0: too. Okay, you have Dark Towers. But in Dark <laughs> Tower, he's so cheeky because he's meta and he puts himself in his own world. Yeah. But he definitely creates... Oh, and he has them like Dolores Claiborne, with the he does the thing with the eclipse in some of his books. So he he weaves he's c- created a world and woven things right, around. But it. But think
2: about is. comparing that to the Marvel universe, where so instead of one author, you have oh. maybe forty different directors who are all doing different storylines that take place within the same universe and weave together so that they all are consistent and you know feed into each other. It's a much more I mean, like it's, yeah, it's amazing what Stephen King did too, but the Marvel universe is larger.
0: Right. Bigger than even Harry Potter.
2: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, (laughs) look at box office numbers. I've,
0: I've never seen, I don't really understand. I don't, I can't afford movies. How about that? When it comes out, I mean, who can afford to go to the movie theater? Are you fucking kidding me? It's Mm. like 30 bucks now. I go, I only, I only go when, um, I get paid to, to take a child. And then I watched dumb movies like the when they did that Charlie Brown movie and they made, it's like Charles Schultz did 2D. Why would you turn it into 3D? That's so dumb. That's like yeah. the dumbest thing I could possibly imagine. Why would you do the exact, op- it was. are you trying to be ironic or are you just, I, I just didn't understand what was happening there.
2: Yeah. I mean, be- I think of movies, it's sort of like comedy, right? Like you could watch comedy on Netflix, but isn't it better to go to a show? Like oh, absolutely. You, it's the same with movies. It's better to go to the theater. You have it's a different experience. I stand I I strongly believe that you'll have a better time watching a movie in the theater than you will watching it on your laptop. Absolutely. And like to me that makes the world a difference. Cause if I'm going to spend my money on something, I want to spend it on like art and like filling up my soul.
0: And the, <laughs> and the movie theater is dark. So you can masturbate there too. Not a big deal. It's fine. You can fine. get in trouble for that though. <laughs> no, but. I'm kidding. Pee Wee Herman, a little yeah, up throwback to
2: one of the things Paul I missed Ruben's. out on in childhood is hooking up in a movie theater. Oh. I mean, I did it in college, but it wasn't the same. You know, there's not the same thrill.
0: Do you do you feel like you missed out on a lot because of your um, stout virginity in high school?
2: Uh, yeah, honestly. I mean, like, <laughs> it's so funny because, like, I was... Like, <laughs> Know, this is gonna sound cocky but like i wasn't like a nerd in high school you know i wasn't one of those people who's like wearing a sweater vest in the corner i was like the captain of the football team. you were team. the captain
0: of the football team. I was
2: the captain of the football and the lacrosse team oh and my god
0: lacrosse I was, is i would not expect any less from you at being so yeah. white
2: people make fun La-cross. of lacrosse but it's yeah no i mean like i played it because it was a violent sport you know oh, <laughs> like you it's, have sticks.
0: A, it's like hockey yeah but running hockey instead of sl- i
2: mean yeah it does, it's definitely an indicator of wealth but i liked it too uh and like I was the president of my like junior class and stuff like that. You and like, are
0: popular. You're so popular. Yeah, I
2: was. I mean, like, it, how do you
0: do that? How do you get and stay popular? You just not, is it that you're just nice to everybody, or like what do you do? I've always really admired popular people because I have no idea how to do that.
2: <laughs> um, I don't know. You don't. It's not like something you really want to cultivate. <laughs> it
1: just sort
0: of. It's happens better to not you be go popular. Like, eh.
2: You know, what's funny is they did a study where it was like uh, they asked they pulled a high school class. They were like, who's the most popular person in here? And they all picked the same person. They were like, who's the most hated person in here? And they all picked the popular person.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So did you did you feel the haters? I mean, when you were younger. No,
2: I mean, I wasn't like the like the the chief guy, you know, like uh, that was probably my buddy. Wow, well, there were a couple other dudes. I mean, like there. The other thing at my school was it was uh, because it was Menlo Park. There was a lot of like wealth there, mm. and so uh, some of popularity was just determined on like who was the richest, and mm. that wasn't me. But um, like there were kids who were like, well, there were like I had 120 people in my class, and 10 of them had parents who were billionaires.
0: Wow. Yeah. And wow.
2: Isn't that wild?
0: Well, and I grew up in Danville, so those are crazy stats. Yeah. I mean, the stats from Danville from 92, and I... You probably weren't even born in 92 when I graduated. I wasn't. So didn't think so. When I graduated <laughs> from high school, um, 98% of our college class went to college. 98%. Yeah. And there were only four black people in my class. One of them was Randy Wynn, and he... Um, was a famous baseball player. And now he talks on, Yeah, them. I was
2: going to say, I know him. Yeah,
0: yeah, Randy <laughs> Wynn. He went to, he was in my graduating high school That's class. Cool. He was one of the black kids. He's actually the reason why I married a black guy. Funny enough, I had a crush on him in high school and I was telling my mom that we were coming down El Cerro Boulevard and she said, Pamela, don't you ever marry a black man? And oh I was like God. 16 years old. And I was like, you all want to do well, Grow up, I'll marry a black man. And I did.
2: You should tell her what color Jesus actually is. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's perfect. But it was because I had a crush on
0: Randy, Randy Wynn in high school. Yeah, yeah. Um, And he didn't even, he did play baseball, but he was really good at basketball back then. He was, Uh, and our basketball team was really good. But in Danville, I got made fun of, because for my 16th birthday, my parents gave me um, a brand new Hyundai Scoop. And everybody made fun of me because it wasn't a BMW or a Mustang. Or like, I was, it was ridiculous because I was rich and I thought I was poor. And so I took on this sort of Isn't that funny how
2: California does that to you?
0: Did you get like, that too? You were like, "I'm a poor person." I'm not I, a poor. Well, people. the funny thing
2: is, is I really like fucking identified that way. Like, I was, I, I, because I guess maybe I was more in a position of making fun of people. Mm. <laughs> like, not that I did that, but it was like people didn't really make fun of me. Like, well, you're uh, also but, tall. And well, I'm not no. that tall, but Are I. You're like six one. I'm six foot, but yeah, oh. um, I. uh, I, like, my, my little brother has an Audi. Like, he drives an Audi to school. Oh, okay. But I... Mean like, his
0: belly button. I'm like, where are no. you going with this? Crap?
1: No. Because <laughs> it happened. Okay,
2: good. <laughs> and, it, like, it wasn't even that expensive. It was, like, a used old car. But he wanted that because he's a little bit more into, like... Like, he's an investment banker. And he, oh. You know, he's more into wealth. But I specifically wanted, like, this, like scummy SUV that was like lifted and looked like it could off road and stuff like that. And it was like $2,000 because I didn't want to be one of those spoiled kids like that a was Chevy, just driving.
0: One of the big Chevy ones or like a, like a Dodge. One of those big, I know what you're it's talking about.
2: a Nissan about. Xterra. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. I was thinking bigger and more no, chunky I was like with the big,
2: well, no, because those are expensive too. Oh, so right. like, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I didn't okay. want to go that far. You know, there's be, then I'd be like the fake, like the Republican who's an investment banker, but drives a pickup truck for some reason. Uh, and like, you know, I, did, even I deny he,
0: all status symbols, <laughs> even though I'm part of status. symbols. <laughs> it's,
2: it's like, I'm denying a status symbol, but my car costs a hundred thousand dollars. It's uh, like, you know. Yeah. But anyways, I, I, cause I also was super into like, uh, I lived right near La Honda, which is where Ken Kesey and the Merry Pranksters sure, sure. and all those guys were in the sixties and seventies. I used to go up there all the time. So I really identified with that. You like,
0: identify as a hippie crunchy acid doer?
2: I did. Yeah. And I still kind of do, I mean, I can't do acid anymore, but I did it twice and, uh, loved it. And I still think, I still think that all of, like I still probably am going to live in my car at some point and travel to, like around America. Yeah, and,
0: yeah, yeah. Do the comedy um, around. It's
2: yeah, you yeah. Can
0: book yourself anywhere, especially if you're already sort of freelancing and.
2: Well, um, that's the thing. Is my job? I can. I'm remote.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You should uh, hit up. You should hit up all the comedy festivals on the. Uh, Portland has four comedy festivals now, just rolling about, and you hit up one of the producers and say, "Hey, I'll do the video videography for it for X amount, and yeah, and then you can, and then you could be they'd be at the festival, talk to them, be on the festival, whatever, travel, get booked at other shows."
2: Yeah, that's my goal. I mean, I want to get better at comedy here for a little while, but I think maybe when I'm 26 or 27, I'll go do that. Gotcha. Um,
0: it's I, I travel. People are nice. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I like that sort of thing.
0: It's, I mean, that's what I've been trying to do too is expand my view of what's real because my, my world when I believed in God was so small. It was like a ball that I completely understood. It was like a manageable world where God was in his heaven and Jesus was my best friend and we went to church every Sunday and we had, I mean, there were a lot of problems, but there was still sort of this, I don't know, like it's being inside a, a gumball or something. And then all of a sudden like I was like, Oh, I can chew this gumball. And then the whole world collapsed. And I'm like, it's so big and not understandable. And nothing is true or real. Yeah. And, and there was such a safety when I believed in Jesus, like there was such a safety and such a fervent belief that everything was going to be okay. And I missed that a little bit, like that certainty that everything's going to be okay because God's got me.
2: Yeah. It's so interesting. I think you and I had very different experiences with religion because for me it was more of like a mind expanding thing. Like I, Mm. I felt that when I tapped into like the spirit and this higher consciousness, I felt more things were possible rather than less. And I didn't, the only real, really limitation that bothered me was the sex thing. (laughs) I couldn't, and I, even then I felt it was the right thing to do. It was just so hard. Like when you're a 16 year old kid, that's what you're, Program, it's what you're built to do. Yeah. And that pissed me off because it felt like it was God programming me to do something that I didn't feel like I could do. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I had an opposite experience cause I really, I still really love, um, like the religious experience, if that makes sense.
0: And I, ugh, so, and it's, I've been back to churches and, you know, here and there. Um, but it's, it's almost, there's almost too much feeling like, 400 people in a room thinking about the same thing at the same time. There is a sort of magic to that. And sometimes it's really overwhelming for me. And I'll, like, start to cry. And then people think that I'm having, like, some epiphanous guilt that's making me feel a certain way. And that's not it. It's that it's so overwhelming for me to feel the... It's like 400 people singing the same song at the same time, even if it's fucking Madonna's, live, you know, whatever that is a magical sort of there's a feeling that happens yeah and that for me is it is almost too overwhelming like I don't want to submit to be a part of that almost yeah i don't know i, I well, think maybe it's just cuz i have oppositional defiance disorder and I'm, <laughs> you know you're all doing this all the same fuck you i'm going to go do my thing and talk to jesus in the corner
2: <laughs> yeah 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 well that makes it difficult <laughs> yeah, it does. i always felt like um I always felt like I didn't like it when at church they would sing songs that were like, uh, like modern rock songs mm. that always bothered me. Cause it just felt manufactured. And, but when we would sing like hymns and like, or like amazing grace or something like that, that was, that always like got me just right at my core, which is why I kind of always wish I was Catholic is cause that's all they do is they sing these.
0: Well, it's ritual.
2: Yeah, and, I think ritual is dope. I think well, it's and cool. ritual
0: gives safety. I mean, there's there's safety in ritual because you do it all the time. It's the same time every time. It's We sort of need that to to mitigate the chaos of everyday life. Sure. Like I have certain rituals. <laughs> and I guess church is a healthy ritual because although you do get to drink a little bit. But not <laughs> not that much. Not, so. that much. Not, <laughs> not as much as I'd like. I don't know. You, know. you
2: could always bring a 40 in the paper bag, you know, like. uh,
0: you, it'd, be, it'd be fine. I go to, that's like going to Just an, bring AA your own meeting wine and a bread. 40. Yeah. <laughs> Sit in the back be like, that's a pageantry. Although the, the, uh, our church was got into some crazy pageantry. Like at Easter, there'd be a guy who'd walk down the aisle with a cross and there were women dancing like with flags and wow. there was a lot of production toward the end. And I'd be like the spectacle of this isn't bad. Like once I started doing theater and came back, I'm like, you know, the church theater spectacle isn't bad. It's <laughs> kind of fun. Like just, you have to abide to a certain script. Sure. I wanted well, to be a preacher. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut oh,
2: you. Oh, did you? That's I interesting. did.
0: Of course. Cause I love, I've, I've always wanted people to listen to me.
2: I guess you are of a sort. Like <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, I believe too much in Satan, as yeah, yeah. I, which I, I mean, and not that that's why I, I love like Satan and satanic music. And it's not that, but death metal and all that stuff, because I don't see it as being real. I see it as a kind of a, a a goat to sacrifice, a catharsis. Um, Mm. It's,
2: So you're not like Justin Carisi where it's like you actually think that the,
0: Although um, I used to read tarot cards, um, but I can't read them anymore because you someone has to give you a deck of tarot cards for you to be able to read tarot cards. And all my tarot card decks, all three of them and through my, throughout my life have been stolen or I've lost them. My bag's been stolen and they were in there. And so I won't read cards again until either I'm on someone else's deck and they give me permission to do so or until someone gives me a deck of cards. But I used to be... There's only one guy I did a reading for who ever said, like, that's not it at all. But he was also, like, super uptight, closeted Republican guy. And so he wasn't going to admit even if my witchcraft was correct. But it's a tool for introspection. And it's, I mean, it's just a way to look. It, it gives you symbols that then you explain what the symbols mean. And the person who's comes to you with the issue sees and takes from that discussion sure. of what what symbolically is laid in front of you, and I'm into that. I'm into symbols. I see things. I think I just don't necessarily agree with the Judeo Christian God, who's a man who sits on a cloud and his son. I who hold saved on. I think life. that
2: in, I don't think in the Bible it ever says that he's a man. I think that's something that people inter I mean like uh, definitely he's depicted that way right mm-hmm. but in the bible I think he's he says that he created man and woman in his image right so he's just something separate
0: but we still call him a he all the time like through yeah all but that's of sort our of our a function
2: like it's just our language you have to call him a he or a she you know
0: well and but that's the whole thing can't, can't we have we're, we're still attributing the patriarchal like hierarchy through God down and even the he created Adam Adam and Eve were created in his vision in his image, but then women are awful and the reason we have pain in childbirth is because we fucked up and wanted to know about the world. So it's like we were supposed to be his dumb little docile bunnies that he could pet and then we were like, No, we want to know more and just like even allegorically with that, that knowledge is pain is terrible. <laughs> so it's better think- to be ignorant <laughs>
2: I don't think that, uh, I don't think that he, well, if we want to get into the weeds on this, um, (laughs) which I do, uh, so Eve ate the apple, right? And then she gave it to Adam and he also ate it. Uh, but I don't, I mean, and I guess there's, there's something of an anti-feminist, uh, message there, but I also think that that is sort of metaphorical of because the Bible was, you know, was written by men. Um, there's like this, (laughs) I think there's this like male, um, the, like the attraction that men have to women is sort of like this strong, uh, strong impulse that i think has has led to a lot and uh, vice versa as well i imagine but it's led to the ruin of a lot of people it's like that you're going after someone that doesn't love you or someone who's bad for you or something like that and i think that because like love is pretty much the central like uh force in most of human action it makes sense that the initial sin would have something to do with the love between a man and a woman and because it was written from a male perspective i think that's why it's you know the man is ruined by the woman because that's our experience you know what i mean Mm. So I un- I totally understand your query with like well where's the female Bible, but like <laughs> but the problem is is just that like
0: well maybe did
2: not weren't taught to write back then <laughs> true. True.
0: Um, but even maybe it is a feminist trope because woman had knowledge first. And she was like, no, no, this stuff is great. You should try it. Yeah. And then that's what led to the downfall because men are too stupid to be able to deal with knowledge.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. It's interesting too. I never thought about it as, uh, Eve had knowledge of good and evil when she told Adam to, to take it.
0: Because wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't it be a better world to know that you're not a docile lamb? You're not. Just to, you're not just someone's It's like it's like the AI. It's like Westworld. When Dolores does she have consciousness? Like w- when you're a robot and when you're alive, and the only thing that does that is when you're in control of your own choices. When you go off the script, and when yeah. we were created, we weren't. Th- there was a script, and we were on the script. I guess Adam and Eve were on the script, and then they're like, you know what? We're going off script. And God was like, fuck your face. But now look, now got this, and. I don't know the old Testament God. I'm not a big fan of he's mean and he kills a lot of people and there's a lot of war and a lot of war is glorified in the old Testament. And it's like, we're a small army, but we're mighty and God helped us and all that war stuff. And I just, I don't like all that division.
2: I think it has to be seen within the framework of the time that it was written. I mean, it was written 2000 years ago like that or, you know, 3000 years ago, some part of it. And so the people's, understanding of life and death at that time, if you were a mother and you wanted to have three children, you probably had to have like six babies because three of them were going to die, you know? Like, so death was just so much more a part of their life Mm. that to them, I don't think it was like, I don't think that all of these things that seem super gruesome to us, to them were just, that was the reality of life, you know? And so I also think I agree with you that maybe the morality of the old Testament is, is different But I also think that it's, this is the thing that I don't, I don't think people understand about the Bible is that regardless of what you believe about God, this is like the oldest book that we have. And it's like 3000 years of collective human wisdom that is like, even if you don't believe in God is still, vastly instrumental in understanding psychology and and human life. It's one of the greatest works ever created, you know? Yeah,
0: it's too bad we don't speak Chinese because they they have like this 4,000-year-old book of pharmacology. Instead of like dealing with stories and and allegorical things, they're like, here's all the medicines we know and here's how to be Uh, a doctor and this is what we're using. But...
2: Sure. But a lot of that, a lot of that's been pretty destructive in the world too.
0: Opiates or whatever.
2: Well, no, I mean like the traditional Chinese medicine is the reason why rhinos are being killed.
0: Oh, like, that's, I know that's super sad. And sharks and they cut yeah. off those fins. I like sharks. Um, riddle me this. Have you heard of the, the, the story of Lot? Yeah. Yeah. So I never, and you can't ask like a pastor cause they just go like, uh, I don't know how first, you know, the angels come to his door and he's like, oh, my God, there ain't. And the people are you like, we want, to daughters? Ra- yeah, we want to rape the angels. And he's like, no, 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 Have my daughters. Rape my daughters. Sends his daughters out to the people. Then takes care of the angels. And the angels come. They're like, hey, get out of here, man. God's going to destroy a place. So he gets his wife, gets his daughters. He flees. God destroys. And then his wife looks back. Oh, no. What was she thinking? Was she Did she forget? Did she leave the oven on? It doesn't matter. Now she's a pillar of salt. So then the two daughters take him up into a cave in the wilderness. And they think they're the last people on earth so they get him drunk and they fuck him and that's the end of the story what what does that mean like what is like the biblical like thing that we're supposed to get from that
2: oh you know i think there's so much there you don't think there's anything there
0: i well it, it all seems terrible it seems like so contextually i would be like Well, the reason that the daughters fucked the dad is that they thought they were the last people on earth and they had to repopulate their people. And so they were like, this is the best thing we can do. But then that's like, is it saying something about historically and what are women supposed to take from that? How are we supposed to like deal with I don't know. Take, give I's me your problem
2: with the the end when they fucked the dad?
0: My problem is with one the wife getting turned into a pillar of salt.
2: Okay, well, that's the best part. that's because that because that is so how is that you don't see the humanity in that? like if so, if you were walking away from something and someone told you, you cannot look back at what's there. you cannot see what's there. If you see what's there, it's the most evil thing you'll ever see, you'll be killed. Wouldn't you fucking want to look like, yeah, that's, that's, that's true too. <laughs> like that is the, that is one of the most human stories in the Bible. I think like this fact that like, yeah, we are curious so that that's the same as the apple. It's like, you can't eat this one thing. You can't eat this when you can do anything you want. You can't eat this one thing. It's so like, well, I want to eat the one thing. You know, okay, that's you the only thing I want to do.
0: But so, but then what is that teaching us that we're supposed to go against those impulses and listen to God no matter no, what?
2: No, 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 Cause that's a, see, this is the problem with interpreting literature in general is so you don't need to have a didactic lesson mm. after. Do you you just need to have the understanding of it's? It's a great illustration of human nature, and you can take that any way you want. You could say, "Oh, this is bad. This is good. This is why we are the way we are. It needs to be changed." I don't think that you need to have like. I mean, a lot of Bible. The Bible does have lessons, but if they have a lesson for you, they'll tell you straight up.
0: Yeah, there's still there's. I'm like, what's the lesson here? Yeah, what's the lesson in this story?
2: But the lesson is the, the understanding of the way humans are. You know, and you can, and if you, so if you understand that, that story too, that story is referenced throughout all of human literature, you know, that's one of the most famous stories in the Bible. And so you can see authors will work in like references to pillars of salt. Right. My and wife,
0: I wrote a poem about Lot's wife.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're contributing to the canon. Someone
0: turned it into a song. It was really nice. I was impressed.
2: I thought you were going to talk about the uh, the initial thing, though, with the, him just giving his daughters away for free.
0: Oh, well, that's both of it's terrible. First, and that's the thing, of course his daughters are going to sleep with them, because they've been whored out to everyone. And he's like, don't don't fuck with these angels. Whatever God brought us is good, but this these are worthless bitches. Fuck them all you want. Like, yeah. not having value in his children, and because they're girls, is, like, gross. Like, that's mean.
2: What I thought was interesting about that story is before that story, uh, I forget who it was. I think it was probably Abraham. God's talking to Abraham and he's like, uh, I'm going to destroy this city. And Abraham said, well, wait, my cousin is in this city. And so I think the implication there is that Lot had already been corrupted by the city. He was already living in degeneracy. And the only reason God didn't kill him, too, is because he was related to Abraham. Right. Um, Well, I I
0: remember that talk. It's like, would you would you spare the city if there are 100 good people? And he's like, yeah. He's like, well, what about 50? (laughs) One? So. Yeah.
2: And that's a super interesting fucking experiment. That's like one of the coolest hypothetical, like philosophical things in the bible too don't you think Sure. would you if you had you know say you're god and uh there's a city full of harvey weinsteins (laughs) there's 10 good people like 10 million harvey weinsteins and 10 good people do you destroy the city
0: well you do you get you get the people out the 10 good ones
2: but say that's not an option that's not an option I'll tell you what the American government would do.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the
2: American government would destroy a city of a hundred people if there was one bad person in yeah, there. That's, that's true.
0: Well, how much do we value, you know, human life? And uh, I was thinking about another thing with La- So that was the other thing is that the only reason that he got saved is that he was related to Abraham. So then yeah. the lesson that I learned is that everything is nepotistic. It's all who you know everywhere throughout yeah. time it's not it's no it doesn't matter if you're good or bad it doesn't matter it's who you know that's well i think it's saved
2: i think that's still the part of the bible where it's like very much the jews are the chosen people yes and it's like there st- and they're it's the jews who are writing the the bible because sure. it's still the torah at that point but i don't know i don't know It's it what, going back to what we were talking about this is something that i think applies to our era a lot because there's this thing called blackstone's uh blackstone's theorem i think or or principle or something but it's the way that the american judicial system is set up Mm. uh we say it's better that 10 guilty people go free than one innocent man be imprisoned wrongly i i
0: I agree with that but we don't practice that at all we imprison we imprison people all the time unjustly
2: uh, you're absolutely correct but within the like the r- american judicial system is set up so that supposedly that's the way it works right sure. that's why you're innocent until proven guilty yeah. and of course with things like um you know of course like the incarceration crisis in the african-american community that's not the, really the way that it panned out but um that's supposed to be the way that it works but i think that with a lot uh, and this might be shaky ground but i think with a lot of the stuff like the sexual assault accusations that are coming out, it's more turning towards, like, I've heard a lot of women that I've talked to say, like, well, yeah, I really don't care if a couple innocent men are, uh, you know, taken down as long as we get rid of the problem. And
0: but, but that's the problem I have with that is that they're not acknowledging that they're part of the problem. I think a lot of times we... we you have to have in order to have um, an aggressor you in order to be a victim you have to play into it you can't be a victim unless you allow yourself to be a victim
3: mm. and
0: and we i feel like the me too movement is fucking everything up because it's not saying hey women be fucking responsible they're doing this this is what's happening well that might be and it's been a patriarchy and it's been a problem for a long time sure but we have to stand up and say well i'm not gonna let that happen anymore yeah And but it isn't and i believe in all that you know believe women and all that stuff but also all the context has to come out and what is, oh, I don't know. It's such a sticky thing. I just think the,
2: I think it's interesting because, um, and not to cut you off. if No, no, I, else to I, say, I don't
0: know. I, it's, it's that whole, I, I believe men too. believe women, believe women. Well, what about men that are innocent that are getting caught up in the whole like,
2: yeah. Well, I mean like it, when the whole, uh, like the law in California is you need affirmative consent, right? It's not like, uh, so if you don't get affirmative consent, then what's happening under the law is rape. And so under that definition, like I, yeah, I'm definitely guilty, you know, like there's, like there's, cause I haven't always asked and, and like, I usually know sort of through other things, but If we're going to make like that be the specific thing, it's sort of like you're painting, uh, you're like putting legal pretext for any time you want to accuse someone, it's usually going to be correct.
0: And well, the problem with it too, I don't, I, so for me as a person who drinks excessively, I'm sure that in a blackout state, I have given consent to people. Right. And then I've woken up out of a blackout and I'm like, Oh boy. Now, I'm not going to say I was taken advantage of because I'm the person that put myself in that situation in that I drank a lot. Do I remember actively giving yeah. consent? Not necessarily, but do I know myself when I'm wasted? I probably well, did. But so I can't after the fact be like, oh, that was a mistake. I have a problem with this. I'm going to call this person out. Because... I'm the person that put myself in that situation. And they might've been like, yeah, you were actively giving consent, but I'm like, you didn't know I was blackout drunk, but it's not, they don't know. I don't even know when I'm blackout drunk. You know what I mean? So it's,
2: I think though, uh, that situation is different. I think that because if, if the consent of someone who's like too inebriated to give consent is valid, then that means that like women just can't really get blackout drunk. Right. Because, and you guys should,
0: that's where we should take responsibility and I should eat before I drink. no,
2: no, no. What I'm saying is you should be allowed to drink to that point without being worried that someone's going to take advantage of you. you I don't
0: think though, in any situations like that, I'm being taken advantage of because when I'm in a blackout, I'm still awake. A blackout is just when you wake up in the morning and you don't remember anything because of the brain damage that you incurred from the alcohol. So when I'm in that state, I'm my, I'm still me. I act just like myself. I'm a little slower actually. And I do kind of a silly little shuffle.
2: (laughs) You're hungover. Yeah. (laughs) No, no.
0: But when I'm, when I'm super, super drunk, I do this little like weird shuffly thing. And I, I'm, I'm like, i smile a lot. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's it's different, but I can still be in. So I, I'm saying that I might've given active consent. So I feel like the problem then becomes, we should talk more about the alcohol issue and with women and alcohol and colleges and partying and all of that and beer bongs and all that stuff like we should teach women 19 year old girls when they're at school you know I went to UCSD and they're like you could beer bong three beers fuck I mean I was like drinking so much and like of my own volition and that's super fun but I wish that there had been some kind of like class on beer bongs and like how you don't have to do them when you're pressured socially Uh, and how it doesn't make you cooler or there's other ways to interact with people like just my I think the relationship with alcohol is something that we don't
2: yeah dude especially in college it's sort of the uh, inmates running the asylum you know
0: (laughs) did you have that there were there were you were you in a fraternity
2: I was, yeah. I was in a fraternity. You
0: are all American classic boy. Are your parents proud of you or are they like bummed that you're a comedian?
2: <laughs> my, my parents are very supportive of me. Okay, but, good. Uh, I mean, I was not really, in. I like I was in the fraternity, because I played football in college and I was in the fraternity for the football and baseball players. It was more just like the place that we lived, if that makes sense. Sure. But it was interesting because while I was in college, um like I was in college when like Trump got elected obviously and when the Me Too movement started and the school that I went to was extremely liberal like uh like I, you would be like far right there like you know, it was like it was like yeah no you would it was shocking like it it And I, I always considered myself, like I grew up in California. I was like a hippie kind of like La Honda kind of guy. And I thought I was very liberal and it turns out I was not compared to these people. And so they
0: just like the PC police.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. They, my junior year, well my pretty much every year I was there the fraternity that I was in and all of the other fraternities were under attack, uh, because they're sort of, I mean, a, a fraternity is an establishment of the patriarchy and, and, and that sort of thing, but I don't think it's necessarily a harmful one. It's more just like a thing where a place where people throw parties and it's connections.
0: And you connect with people in college and you, that can help Yeah. you through the rest of your life.
2: True. I mean, once again, for me, it wasn't really that cause I, I was already on the football team with right. all those guys, but um, and I also didn't play football throughout my whole college career. when I had a manic episode, I couldn't play anymore. But uh, anyways, the point was, is these people just attacked us and they had got us suspended twice. For The first time was for having a bonfire, but the second time was literally just for nothing. It was Trump got elected. They wrote all these letters and... It just, we were under investigation for the next two years. Wow. And they never found anything on us. That's funny. You know, Cause here's the funny thing. They found every, something on every other fraternity in the campus, but the way they found it was all these kids who did pledging and then dropped out and didn't become the fraternity. Right, so it was the hazing say thing. Something. Exactly. But for, for us, all the kids who did pledging and then dropped out were still on the football and baseball teams. So they weren't going to out us because they were still our friends, you know? Right. And so they never found anything on us, but they suspended us anyways. They were like, we know you did something. <laughs> right,
0: well, what, what was the, what was, what there was hazing? What was the hazing like? I mean, I yeah, was no, a fraternity guy too and it was a long time ago, but their hazing was mostly like <laughs> drink a lot.
2: Yeah, that's mostly what it was. <laughs> It really wasn't that bad. It was, like, they made us drink. The worst thing was, like, they made us do this thing called breakfast, which is where, like, you played beer pong, but uh, instead of, like, beer in the cups, it was just, like, gross stuff, like, Mm. mayonnaise and, like, but, you know, whatever. It's, like, like, people say, like, oh, you had to do all this stuff, and it's, like, the point is, is that it's a bonding experience between between people. And if you have to right. go through something difficult, then you become closer if to you each suffer, other.
0: You, if you suffer together, it's shared trauma brings yeah. people closer together.
2: The funniest thing, oh, the funniest thing, and I'm hopefully no DU brothers from Tufts are listening. Cause I'm about to give away a secret, but uh, what we did, our initiation, the last day of pledging, we had to go on this huge treasure hunt around the, the university. And it led to this flower bed in front of the thing and uh, we were supposed to dig through the flower bed to find something that was buried there. They didn't bury anything there. (sighs) And so we just dig up, we dug up this whole flower bed and we went back and we were like, uh, you know, every time, every, all four years I was there, they they always say oh we realized that the true treasure was brotherhood and then the the brothers say no that was fucking stupid there was something in there like and they make us do push-ups and then uh the baseball guys will always have a game the next day and so the baseball guys are like we can't do push-ups and the brothers are like stop doing push-ups they don't have to do push-ups and the football guys start yelling at the baseball guys and it turns into this huge confrontation and then uh all of this the the Pledges don't know what's going on. They're like, what is it? What, these guys are going to fight or something. And then somebody throws a punch and then they all, they're in the basement. Everybody goes, runs upstairs and uh, a couple brothers stay behind to make sure the pledges stay in the basement. And then we just stop on the floor. And so it sounds like there's this huge brawl going on upstairs. And then eventually they come upstairs, and we're all just waiting for them. And they go, "Hey, like, welcome to the fraternity," and they're all freaked out. So (laughs)
0: psychological warfare. And
2: then we pour them a shot to take the shot out of like a Ciroc bottle or something, and they all take the shot. And it's just water. And so, Uh (laughs) so it's yeah, it's like a big mind fuck. But everybody remembers it because sure, uh, that's
0: a cute mind fuck. Yeah, it's fun. And, you know, boys will be boys. No, let them. Yeah, but that we're not hurting anyone. Play, no, you know? of course. And
2: it's, it's everybody looking out for us that we don't want to be looked out for. It's like I missed that. That was a, that was a great experience that I got to have. And I'm happy it happened. And so it's not it's like.
0: Because you, you play well with others. Yeah, I think. Well, I think. You, play, you can play sports. You can communicate with others. You play well with others. The church works for you. <laughs> I guess. No, I get it. I get yeah. it. You're. Yeah. Uh, they 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 didn't kick me out of the sorority, but I was one of the founding members, and they they let me out. But I'm still technically onyx. They didn't want to lose a charter member, and so they were like, "You will quietly disappear." And I was like, "Hell yeah, Jesus. I will!" Wow. Yeah, it was. They were like, "It's That's theater brutal. or Theta, Pam. You have to choose." I'm like, "I can't go to your stupid rush event because I have." um tech for a show that i wrote so fuck your face i'm not going to your stupid rush event you're in theta oh yeah
2: Uh, my ex is in theta and
0: they were like it's theater or theta pam you're gonna have to choose and i'm like so you want me to choose the rest of my life or you want me to choose a stupid social club where most of you don't even like me i think that i will choose theater thank you very much yeah i don't i don't work well in large groups well,
2: I mean, sororities, I, from my outside perspective, sororities always seemed kind of catty to me. Yeah,
1: but
0: all women are. It's well, okay. I get along with guys. Look at the clubhouse. Like every time, every every open mic that you do here, how many women come?
2: Well, <laughs> there aren't that many women that come to other open mics either. Is that
0: true? <laughs> or there just aren't very many women in comedy right uh, Yeah,
2: now? there's just not that there's many. There's just not
0: that many. So I shouldn't take it personally.
2: No. I mean, yeah, I think that there's just... I wish there were more women in comedy I wish I don't know how we can get them to Like what is it that they don't like You know Is it just they don't think That they can do it Or they think it's too masculine
0: uh, Maybe I don't know It's not
2: like they're quitting You know Like you see every Like every couple months Like some men will come in and, and some of them quit Some of them don't But you just don't see women Starting as often You know It's not like they're all Starting and then quitting Because they don't like it It's just right, that they're, they're not Getting pulled in
0: Huh I know maybe it's a time thing or a maybe I don't know they don't feel the need for stage time or that they can get if they're a person that requires stage time to make them feel like a whole and complete being they do it in other ways rather than like I I, I mean that's probably true the hubris of of stand-up comedy for us to be like it's an art form I stand up there with a microphone and everything I say is hilarious like that's pretty crazy you have to be kind of insane to want to be like yeah well, this is what I'm gonna do
2: I think it's crazy to think that you're good at it initially uh, because there are definitely people who it is an art form I think like if you watch yeah. a pro do it it's art for sure but most of us aren't making art
1: <laughs> 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 you know like <laughs> most of us aren't making art <laughs> I don't just,
0: know a lot you know a lot of people have told me and you were in the car the other day when Rachel Pinson set, was saying it I think no, I don't remember where I was. I think you were around, though. But Rachel Pinson was like, I listened to Joke Workshop. She said, I listened to Joke Workshop before I started doing comedy. I started listening to it. And she's like, I listened to it for a while until I was like, I can do that. Yeah. And then kind of came in. So I don't know. I would like to think that j- Joke Workshop as a whole is a piece of art, even though the sum of its parts aren't necessarily all art,
2: yeah, it's definitely a snapshot in time of what's going on. I mean, I bet you could go back through the archives of Joke Workshop and find oh I have, any number of comedians. So,
0: David Bory, who's now on Comedy Central, he did a Pamtastics years ago. I still have the flyer, I should show off and bring it around.
2: Yeah, but I bet you could find, I mean, probably Andrew Rolfaro came Absolutely. through, here, he's Mark come Smalls, through here. all, all the Pierce 69 guys, I'll, like
0: all of those they're guys, they're
2: all going to be big, you know, yeah, I think.
0: I'm sure I know I, I agree with that. Andrew R- Rolf is very funny. But there's there's Chris Knatzer, he had a show here and like there's all kinds of people that have gone through here. And I have and it's all on the internet. I just would have to find it and find clips and be like I mean, I should find all the David Borey stuff and be like, look, yeah. he
3: was here.
4: Now
1: he's on Comedy Central. Look at this.
2: It'll be interesting to see if anyone like, uh, becomes like super famous. And they were one of the people who came to joke workshop consistently. And you know how, like with the Shane Gillis thing, people like went back through the archives. Right, right. Yeah. There's some stuff that people have said. Yeah, that you know? Be, like,
0: absolutely. That's would be good hilarious. press for
2: you though. Like, yeah.
0: Like, <laughs> yay, press, press. Yeah, yeah, that would be, I don't know how to leverage anything. Yeah. <sighs> No, I'll be okay. So, what else do you have to say about God? Anything? I
2: don't know, I think I got it, it all you, out. What's your
0: tattoo? What's your tattoo of?
2: Oh well, I, this It looks like
0: it. Colonel Sanders from underneath. Yeah,
2: it does. But, but this it's... is from uh, a video game that I got most of like my political view from, oh. and this is uh, a tattoo I got from a book that I read, and I read it while I was in the psych ward. Oh. So, yeah.
0: How long were you in the psych ward for? Just three days. Oh, so it was just a fifty-one fifty.
2: Yeah, it was in Boston, so it was something else. But Oh, did was... you do
0: it to yourself, or did someone else do it?
2: No, it was involuntary.
0: Oh, okay. All right. It was involuntary. But, yeah, someone was, else was they like,
2: They were like, you're weak. sick. And I'm like, I'm God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who was it that put the kibosh? Was it the football people?
2: Well, so yeah, you it was have my football. No, want. that's fine. I like talking about it. It was my football coach. I went in to go talk to him because I already been cut because I would, was acting weird on the, the the team, and also they had to cut people, so um, I was one of the ones. But uh, I went in to talk to him about Steve Jobs because yeah. <laughs> uh, Steve Jobs had recently died, but I thought he was still alive. That was one of the delusions I was having. I thought he was still running shit behind the scenes. Or something like that. I forget exactly what it was, and he could kind of sense that I was off the rails. Yeah. And so he was like, "Hey, let's go for a walk." And I was like, "All right, I like walking." And then,
1: he <laughs> and then, I love walking.
2: Yeah. And then he walked me to the campus's mental health facilities, and I was like, "Whoa, didn't know this is where we're going." Right. And uh, and so they made me talk to this therapist lady. And I didn't know that like where this was all leading. Right. So I was like, sure, I'll talk to her. But like, I don't know. And then, so she was like, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to call an ambulance and you're going to go to the hospital. I was like, for what? Like, I'm, I feel great. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And she's like, and I was like, I don't want to go. She's like, you have, you have to go. And, uh, the doctor, the, the nurses that came who drove the ambulance, um, were like huge they were like big dudes oh no and so just in case think, they
0: had because you were a football yeah. player and you were strong and stuff
2: well no i wasn't because i was strong i think it was just because like when people are manic you have to be able to to, to, to administer the thorazine well they didn't do that but <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> um i i don't think they do that anymore actually. i hope not yeah uh but uh <laughs> i yeah i mean i went with them like peaceably but i didn't want to go i kept saying like this is not what i want to do and i was crying and like
0: uh you like i have finals soon what time of year was it
2: no it was more that like i knew because i had recently um been at a concert and the moon eclipsed while i was at the concert and i was got freaked out by that and passed out and uh so i had taken a hospital ride and I knew that the ride was expensive, and so right. I was like, "Well, just let me drive. Like I have my car; I'll go. To, I'll drive to the hospital." But they obviously can't let you do that, right? So,
0: so they you were you were acting crazy. They took you in. You had to stay. And what did your parents, did they call your parents and say like, Hey, we're doing this or what did it have nothing to do with that?
2: Yeah. I requested specifically for them not to call my parents, but they still did. And, uh, cause I knew my mom would be freaked out. And so she came, she like got on a plane immediately and came to Boston and, uh, she was there with me throughout my time. And they were like, she was allowed to visit me for an hour a day. And, uh. It was like, it's really kind of like being in jail, honestly. Like, you go outside, but you're inside a cage when you're outside. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, you really, you can't do certain things. You, you know, um, you're on a schedule. Like, you have to eat at a certain time. You have to talk to talk about your feelings at a certain time, <laughs> you know. like It was like, it's like preschool, but, like, because you have, like, coloring and shit and snacks. But, like, preschool, but, like, half the preschoolers are on meth, you know, like.
0: Wow. Yeah. So when you were in there, were you like, I feel crazy or was it more like intervention where you're like, I'm not as crazy as these people?
2: So they, well, I was, I was in the psych ward for, sorry three,
0: you, for using the pejorative term crazy. That's not, nice.
2: I don't really care about that. Honestly. Okay. I mean like the, there's so much, there's people who are like, you know, fighting about words and stuff, but when you have mental illness, you have bigger problems. Than that, <laughs> <you know? laughs> like, I don't really care what people think about me. It's like, I care about whether or not I'm mentally healthy, but, uh, um, well I was, I was in the, so I was in the psych ward for three days, but before that I was in the emergency room for eight hours, Oof. which was horrible. Cause they didn't do it. They didn't give me any medicine. I was just sitting on a bed in the emergency room. I saw someone die, oh, which is what? like, yeah. A, and like seeing someone die while you're like manic is a, is a, just Oof. the worst thing you can, that can happen. And, uh, it's like seeing someone die when you're on acid, you know? Right. Sure, sure, sure. Like, wow. Um, it's like yeah and so i i think in order to cope with it i like formulated this delusion in my mind that i was uh like inside of a sort of like escape room kind of thing and i needed to figure out how to like what the secret words or secrets were that i could get out
1: with yeah
2: and uh so i was like asking people like i thought i had to get a job there and like just weird questions right sure but um I wasn't really cooperating with the nurses because of that. And so they did, they couldn't get me the medicine and I didn't want to take the medicine because I thought it was poison. And Uh so, um, it took me a while in the emergency room and, and then they eventually diagnosed me and sent me to the ward. And I forget what the question was, but
0: was um, that when you got to the ward, were you like, I'm not oh, as, no. I'm not so yeah, as, yeah no, they gave policies. me
2: they gave me medicine in the emergency room that pretty much because I'm for some reason extremely responsive to medicine, ah. so, which is nice. Yeah. And so they gave me a pill. I slept for probably 12 hours in this room in the emergency room. And then I went up to the psych ward for three days. And I was pretty much normal in the psych ward, except for I was hypomanic. But when you're hypomanic, it's basically just like you're a little bit more confident. You're a little bit more energetic. Um, but it's not, you're not having delusions.
0: So it's like a preferred state of being. It is absolutely. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> but then you go into the delusional stuff. Yeah. That's the thing. I, but I don't know. I feel delusional all the time. Like I, I don't, for example. Okay. So I, I'm like, I'm, I have a, f- I have concrete knowledge now that I'm delusional because I had my show at cobs on Friday and I thought I had the best set of my life. I thought I knocked it out of the park. I was on stage and I felt so great and I thought it was great. And then I didn't know it was filmed and Natalie gave me the film and I watched it and I was like, I wasn't as good as I thought I was. Yeah. And my whole world just went. Phew. Yeah. Like my feeling, my perception when I was on stage was not jiving with what really happened so I'm like I'm delusional and sometimes I see things like a flash in the sky and I go like is that a ghost but I'm like that's not a ghost that was the light off of this and last night I thought I saw a rat and I was like hey I just saw a rat but that could also be something I just made up but then I saw it again and I was like okay I really saw a rat right but I didn't know I honestly didn't know I was like I told my coworker, I'm like hey I might be totally paranoid, delusional and off my rocker, but I think I saw, I think I saw a rat and he's like, Oh, maybe, you know, maybe, I don't know. Well, Could've so when
2: you, uh, the difference between that and mania is when you're manic, you lose the ability to say, to question yourself. Oh. So for instance, if I were, one of my delusions was that like during my second episode, Was that I was being followed while I was driving. Mm -hmm. And every time I saw a black car, I was sure it was one of the cars that was following me. So you might see a couple black cars and be like, that's weird. But when someone's manic, they see three black cars, there's no doubt in their mind that it's a pattern and that it's, you know. And then I thought I was playing the radio, and it seemed like the radio was were things that the people who were following me were trying to tell me. Wow. And so I kept changing the radio station to let them know that I knew they were following me. That's pretty,
0: that's smart, deep shit.
2: Well, not really. I mean, it's it just is, crazy. and it's, But
0: it's but it, they're really interesting connections that your brain was making. Like that's how it that, works, like though. You were taking the coincidence of black cars and creating and believing a story. And that story was so deep that it was you were, your brain was finding connections in non-connective things. Yeah. That's like really interesting that your brain can do that.
2: Well, what's interesting is <laughs> when you switch from hypomania to mania, there's a period of like two or three days maybe where you're having delusions, but you can still kind of, t- if you've had a manic episode before, you can kind of tell there are delusions, but it's so fun that you don't want to stop. You don't want to take medicine to stop it. But mm. So I, like the funny thing is, is when I started having that delusion and it would be with people wearing black too, like black coats. Sure. I'd be like, wow, dude, this is really not that original of a delusion, man. Like, (laughs) you maybe could pull from, like, be a little more creative with your insanity. You know, (laughs) like, everybody has the black coats thing. Like,
0: (laughs) Everybody's wearing a black (laughs) coat. Yeah,
2: everybody thinks they're followed. It's not
0: my buddy was it was white vans and he was so manic and i was down the rabbit hole at that time because i was taking a lot of meth meth at that time and um so i was believing whatever he was saying because i was all methed out and i started believing that the white vans i was like they are following you like and then i became complicit in his delusion because i was all fucked up so i was like the white vans are real it's happening they're following you and then i was like i can't hang out with you because of the white vans (laughs) but It was like I was sharing in the delusion, but it was because I was fucking gacked out of my brain. I've heard
2: that meth (laughs) is actually a very similar, uh, like feeling to mania that's what i've never done meth before but don't don't do it it's not good yeah i've heard it's not good but
0: okay. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't help you think it's helping actually it sounds very similar you think it's helping to a point and then it's like this is ruining my life
2: yeah that's the way mine is yeah i was
0: i i was in and out of meth for three months when i was 25 and it was a quick up and a quick down i was like this is the best thing that ever happened to me i was teaching junior high i was i was doing i was I was working and doing stuff eighteen hours a day and just go, 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 go. Yeah. Take the med- do the this da 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 Everything is great. And and it was, and I was like teaching and I was stage managing and I was like all the energy and all the time. And then after three months, I started like it completely fell apart and it was like, this is a problem in my life and I got rid of it.
2: When it was good, did you ever have like a flip where it would be like you were having like feeling really energetic and then it would flip to like being like paranoid? Super paranoid, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's the way mania is too.
0: Yeah, like super paranoid that I'm doing something that's or just straight up just perseveration on strange details and not being able to get off of them and I was in a position of power because I was the stage manager of this show and I was taking notes one day because the director wasn't there and I'm watching this dress rehearsal sort of tech type thing and I couldn't stop the notes they were all about this guy's shoes I was like you're gonna wear those clunky shoes when you're dancing around and he's like no I'm not gonna wear the shoes and that should have been the end of it but I ended up talking about it like wasting everybody's time for like 20 minutes talking about these shoes yeah and that was when I realized like oof I, I have a problem <laughs> like, uh,
2: yeah that sounds a lot like mania that sounds a lot like it
0: but it was meth so yeah yeah so don't ever do math. Although that's the funny thing is that Adderall and Ritalin are baby methamphetamine and we give people that to get them out of like the ADHD state or whatever. We, we yeah. feed them those because of their brain chemistry. But then when other people's brain chemistry.
2: Yeah. I'm more, not really sure we should be doing that either, but <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. But I know it, it's morally, but if the, if we do, can we know if children's brain chemistry is off? Like, I
2: just think when you, your brain is developing, you shouldn't be giving kids stuff that we don't really know what the effects are. Like, I mean, right. I, the, <laughs> this is like such an old comedian thing to say, but like when I, you know, back in my day, we would just go do what we did. But I think <laughs> like if kids are being too energetic, that's just kind of the way kids are. That's true, too. It always seemed to me like more of a like the parents doing it for them. You know, like the parents doing it because they can't handle the kid. Right. Then to to pacify the them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like lobotomies.
0: You yeah. Know? Don't let your child be creative.
2: We're just, anytime you play with the brain, you're messing with stuff that you don't fully understand.
0: Right. That whole God thing. Did God make our brains? It's all, that's the only reason why I have to exist. I mean, I believe in a higher power, like you said it earlier. I believe in gravity. I don't understand gravity. I don't know how it works. It's a higher power. Yeah. I know it exists.
2: Well, it's a lowering power.
0: It's a lower, <laughs> but, but like it makes the whole universe. It makes the the gravity of the Earth it makes the moon go around it, which does a certain thing, and then we're around the sun. Is it the gravity the, There's all this stuff that I just don't understand it. Hmm. I know. See, we're I'm, we'll finish it up. Um, so, is that God? is gravity Who knows? God? gravity's god <laughs> yay we'll we figured it. it out um when can people see you next jack ferguson performing comment. oh
2: what i really want to say is oh. uh i'm starting a show on october 7th at ireland's 32 oh i know where that one. and is. yeah it's out in the richmond or i guess the sunset depending on how you define that boundary and uh
0: self-geary what night of the week
2: it's gonna be Mondays, Mondays, every Monday, starting in October and continuing forever. So. An open every, mic
0: or a showcase.
2: A show. oh yeah.
0: book show yeah, every Monday. Exactly.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of work, but. Yeah. I think it should be good. We have the bar helping us to promote it, oh, so hopefully great. those should be. And also, like pretty cheap drinks. I like can get like a pitcher for fifteen dollars, I think. It's not so, bad. Yeah, it's what not bad. time is it gonna be at? Uh, it's gonna start at eight. Oh, r- right so you're after. never gonna
0: come to Joke Workshop ever again.
2: <laughs> well maybe if I come during the beginning you
0: have to you have yeah. to go like second and then get out of there
2: yeah if I can get an early spot I'll go but um I'll have to be on that but yeah that's my that's my advertisement you can follow me on instagram at jack douglas ferguson and uh yeah that's it
0: yay you're on um the clubhouse in october at some point or later this month I believe Sweet. So every friday mutiny radio eight o'clock only 10 bucks yours is free are you charging?
2: Uh, it's free, free show.
0: Free show Monday nights. Yeah. Eight o'clock. But you
2: have to register on Eventbrite, oh. so we know you're coming. It'll be. Th- I'll post the poster on my Instagram if you really want to look. Welcome. So.
0: Hopefully you'll book me. that's exciting you're starting you're starting a show well this has been some call me tim this was really good i haven't talked to a christian in a really long time
2: (laughs) there's not many of us
0: i know there's it's usually atheism and it gets real boring but that you know that you actually have biblical knowledge is exciting Mm. so yay good time go to um, jack's new show at ireland 32 starting on october 7th eight o'clock out there off geary street take the 38 and come to mutiny radio we have four open mics a week Um, for a little while longer at least and always come to Pam Comedy Club house. Hey, submit right now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020. Uh, They're open until the 30th of November. Okay. Play this. Do this. There we go. Play the trippy music and say, okay, bye everybody. Enjoy the heat. It feels just like Greece."
5: the riding community law tigers watches over riders if you're injured in a motorcycle accident we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear too we're by your side every step of the way with the law tigers you never ride alone if you're injured in a motorcycle accident call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com the law tiger california's motorcycle lawyer Harris, here's law firm llp 180 circle suite 300 sacramento california 5834 download a podcast and you can listen on the go. Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Mutiny Radio dot F-M. FM. Why not make a donation? Mutiny Radio, radio dot Streaming live the station. Mutiny radio.fm District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm. Mutiny radio FM. Mutinyradio.fm. Mutiny radio FM. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. Sam. Hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! San Francisco Mutiny Radio Sam.
2: Sixty nine gold
4: Cadillac the white oh, and I drove it up there.
3: and I started to do some thinking
4: around the and
1: I'm
4: a really, really good time. Flat, black, black, and big splits and cruising Saturday, and I'm like too. on the
1: freeway. I am I'm a total flungey, a and, and, and Lori
4: is absolutely right. I am. Heady, various, and and I will cuff you. Blake. Oh, Henry, yeah. Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your, um, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe.
0: Nine months ago, a small hand-wrought baton began a journey in John O'Groats, Scotland, packed tenderly into the crusty saddlebags of some adventurous next to her underwear and can opener. At present, the thing is several time zones away, but on its way to San Francisco next month, Friday, October 4th, we will be celebrating its arrival with a party at Moto Guild on Treasure Island. Join us in welcoming the baton and her bearers, the Women's Riders World Relay, to Northern California making its way back to Europe via everywhere from the furthest reaches of six continents, Europe, the Middle East, Asia, Oceania, and on its way across North and South America, igniting a global sisterhood of inspirational women to promote courage, adventure, unity, and passion for biking. There'll be music, food, entertainment, neat bikes to look at, stories to swap, art to ogle, purchase, and people to meet. Everyone is, of course, invited to bring the whole family. Admission is free. But bring a few bucks for food, bevies, a raffle, and cool stuff from vendors. On Friday, October, October 4th, San Francisco we will be celebrating the arrival of the Baton in California at Moto Guild on Treasure Island from 630 to 930 p.m. Come celebrate your love of the motorcycle and the women who ride them. For more information on the party and other awesome motorcycle-related tidbits, join the Dames Don't Care Motorcycle collection. On Facebook For lots of info on the relay Visit Women worldrelay.com Hope to see you there At Moto Guild On Friday, October 4th With Dames Don't Care
5: Billy Bob You ever want to be funny? Well, my
4: dogs think I'm funny, Daryl
5: Well, I mean, you ever want to be... Oh, the Internet Ocean has to offer ya. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. No! <laughs>
4: Forever that's online Say the words that I've been trying to hear out tonight to maximum rockabilly when two punks choose to the subway for a tube to Piccadilly, a dilly whose efforts stir fast gangs for glory another dumb casualty i've been Six a hit a flick knife flicks Oh kiss me deadly tonight Another battle was won and lost down the bishops and last night Spotlights pick the kids and triumph with a thousand scars in